Welcome. Everything is infinite perfection. You're listening to Forking Bullshirt, the Good Place podcast. I'm Vivian. And I'm Jason. We'll be the happiness zombies of your afterlife. Today we're talking about Season 4, Episode 12, Patty. It was written by Megan Amram, directed by Morgan Sackett, and it aired January 23rd, 2020. We're in the good place, so let's not waste any time. The gang arrives in the good place, excited for the rest of their afterlife to begin. Michael is anxious, unsure if a demon will be welcome. Janet downloads all the knowledge of the good place, and they enter the welcome center. So, I now know all the information about the good place. In a nutshell, it slaps... The good place committee takes Michael to swear him in as an official good place architect, while the rest of the gang attends a welcome party, perfectly tailored to them. Except it becomes a mishmash of the four of them. At this uncoordinated party, Chidi and Eleanor meet Hypatia of Alexandria, who tells them everyone needs their help. Michael receives a ceremonial robe, a medal, and he's asked to sign a scroll. The moment he does, the Good Place Committee informs him that he just became the boss, and they're all quitting, effective immediately. That is irreversible, so it's all your problem now. Don't try to find us. No take-backs. Okay, bye-bye! Patty explains that when perfection lasts for an infinity, you essentially become a happiness zombie. This place kills fun and passion and excitement and love till all you have left are milkshakes. The others notice something off as well, so they plan to tell the committee. Michael arrives in a panic to inform them that he's now the only one in charge. The committee is me. I am committee. It me. The group and Patty convene. The Good Place Committee knew the problem with Paradise, but couldn't figure out how to solve it. Michael suggests periodic memory wipes, but Eleanor offers another solution. An eternal end. It takes a moment to sink in, but the rest of the group agrees. The way to restore meaning to the people in the Good Place is to let them leave. They announce the news to the rest of the Good Place residents, who seem rejuvenated by this solution. The group celebrates before turning into their separate residences. Chidi and Eleanor watch the sunset as they realize the good place is the time spent with the ones you love. Hand scene. <laughs> Hand scene, yes. <laughs> All right. There's a lot to unpack in this episode. There is. And it's so fast. It is really fast. <laughs> it like barely leaves you any time to take it all in. Yeah, I agree with you. I saw a few people online say that they felt this was the perfect series finale. Like they didn't know what the next episode could be about and that this one ended so perfectly. Oh, you poor sweet summer child. <laughs> you have no idea what's coming. <laughs> you say that as though you know, as uh, though you've been in on it the whole I'm time. Like, <laughs> I'm worried that I know, but... Okay. Yeah. I feel like after when I first watched it, I was like, whoa, that went by so quickly no way would I be happy with that as a series finale. Right. And then as I watched it several times again to make my notes and and everything, I felt a little bit better about it. I was like, okay, I could see it, but I don't think I'd be satisfied. I think I would still be left wanting a little bit more because we have to, we get to the good place. We figure out that the good place isn't perfect. We figure out a solution. We announce it to everyone and then we're done. And that happens in 22-ish minutes. Right. Which is just too fast. And I would love to have a series finale where we get to just, like, be with our characters. Like, mm-hmm. be with the people that we've grown to love over these four seasons. Instead of them rushing around and trying to figure out the solution for the next problem exactly, on the list. right? Exactly. Like, I want them to have time to relax. I want us to have time to relax and to be with them and to just appreciate what this show has been and what these characters have become. So that's what I'm hoping next episode is. (laughs) Yeah, like to slow it down and just bask in each other. Yeah. (laughs) I've been re-watching a few episodes from season one, just getting some screen caps for my no context good place account on twitter and it's just got such a different feel like it's just so much slower and and i don't mean to say that in a bad way it's just that Mm -hmm. we get to really soak up a lot of time with our characters and we're not constantly going from problem to problem to problem and trying to figure out solutions and that's what i'm hoping for 
I want that kind of feeling back just for them to finally be in the good place and achieve some sort of peace. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They deserve it by now. Yeah, absolutely. And we've got an hour long episode for the finale. And I mean, we we don't know how the rest of the good place is going to react to their solution. Like they all applaud and they're all happy, but we don't see the results. So I think that's one thing left for them to show us. Yes, for sure. So before we spend all of this time talking about the next episode, let's talk about this one. Um, Okay. So starting off right at the beginning, um, we get this really nice kind of scene um, with the hot air balloon. And they're just floating through the sky, going up to the good place. And then you see Welcome to the Good Place line up in stars. And it's just really sweet. I liked it. And it was a really sweet moment when Janet said, it feels like I'm going home. That was really nice. Yeah, it's it was interesting. It's like there's something inside of her that instinctively knows yeah. that she belongs here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It must be a nice feeling. <laughs> <laughs> And, and then we get the, the flying puppy gag, uh, which is cute. The nice little callback to season one when Michael kicked a puppy into the sun, <laughs> <laughs> which a lot of people said should have been a tip off that it was the bad place. A little bit, a little bit. I mean, that was what, like episode three? Oh, something like that. Yeah. Uh, how did you feel about the welcome center? Like aesthetically, once we first got there, what did you think of it? Very clinical. Mm, okay. But also, like, architecturally pleasing. Mm, yeah. Right? I mean, I know that they're empty. Like, there's not going to be a lot of people there. Yeah. But I just thought maybe there'd be some beings or something there to, like, you know, hey, welcome. Mm-hmm. Welcome you into the welcome center. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is the welcome center. Are there, like, brochures? Are there... People being like, hey, you made it. Congratulations. We're so happy to see you. Yeah. Here's a slideshow of your best moments. <laughs> yeah, it. I guess that's kind of a tip off to like the good place not being so good. Right. Is that you get to the Welcome Center and it's deserted. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's completely empty. Yeah. I personally, I felt like the Good Place Welcome Center was what I imagine Google HQ to be like. Okay, right. Um, Because it has this kind of like corporate structure, Mm -hmm. but it's also integrated in nature. And I don't know, it just, it had kind of like, it had that minimalist feel that we got back way in season one with Eleanor's place, you know, the Scandinavian style. Um, So I feel like Michael got that part kind of right. But it, yeah, it felt kind of off right away. I was like, oh, this isn't the most welcoming of welcoming centers, Mm -hmm. right? And it's interesting that we have this welcome center. It's, we don't have people immediately being sent to neighborhoods like in Michael's experiment. Right. And that's what I expected them to show up in their own neighborhood or to show up in something a bit more small and cozy and... A little less clinical, I guess. A little less corporate. Right. Yeah. yeah. I guess we don't really, and we don't quite know how the good place works at this point. Yeah. What the neighborhood situation is, how it's all sectioned off or, or what. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if it matters or... We might see it. Yeah, we might. A little I, bit. I'm okay if we don't. Yeah. It's just like background workings that kind of don't really matter. Yeah, not really anymore. It's just little <laughs> extras. Mm-hmm. It'd be fine for like uh, a couple minute webisodes or something or like behind the scenes. Yeah. Yeah. And we get to see at the end of the episode that Michael has recreated Tahani's beautiful <laughs> freaking castle house. Yeah. You know, basically has a moat around it and then Eleanor's little, you know, bright, colorful house. Um and, of course, he makes Jason's new place, the Stupid Nick's wing dump, which was cute. I can finally live in the upstairs. <laughs> and I'm never going to get tired of wings, I swear. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, which is nice. So, like, they get to have their own place, which is cool. But it seems like it's just 
you know, a block away from the Welcome Center Mm -hmm. to me. So that's interesting. I like to... I like to have kind of an idea of, like, spatially what's going on in the worlds that I'm in. So I enjoy that kind of stuff where, like, I get to know the inner workings. Like, that's the kind of stuff that I enjoy getting to. So. Which is interesting because, like, in in season one, we had the neighborhood. We had the town center and everything. And then we had Eleanor's house. Yeah. And we don't know, like, there's one shot, I think, of the overview of the whole city or the, the whole neighborhood. But you never see Eleanor or anyone, like, walking from home, going to the town. Like, <laughs> yeah. So you don't really... It's always very separated to me. Eleanor's oh, okay. house and the town square. I just always imagined that her house was behind some of those buildings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That there was, like, a couple of little, like, streets and then there you go. That's Eleanor's place. You'd think place. you'd see Tahani's giant castle from, you know behind one of the frozen yogurt stands it's on the other side of something (laughs) it just it reminds me a lot of south park okay how for like the first 15 16 seasons or so you always saw everyone's house all the the kids houses but you didn't know where they were in relation to each other oh so all the houses were very isolated in the fact you don't know how far away they are from the school or, you know, Stan and Kyle's house, how close they are together or what. And it wasn't until the, I believe, the Stick of Truth video game about three or four years ago that they actually sat down and constructed like, okay, where's the school? (laughs) Where are these kids' houses? Where does Kenny live? Like, where are the tracks? Yeah. Uh, So it's, it's kind of neat how you can go so long without actually knowing visually like even as the creators trey and matt were just like we don't know where they are (laughs) so we got to figure it out for this game if you're going to be able to walk from one place to the other yeah and if any of our listeners watch buffy as i'm sure you know that we both do um but like sunnydale itself the the city that they live in is so weird and like (laughs) where is the downtown and how big is the downtown because it seems really small but somehow there are alleys everywhere and we don't really know what's going on with that. And like, where's the bronze in relationship suddenly to... <laughs> there's a university in the fourth season, but it doesn't seem like there's a university in any other season. And Buffy can get to her home from downtown very quickly, but also can get to school very, it doesn't, <laughs> the city doesn't make sense. Right. They didn't think about these things. Yeah. There's way too many graveyards, that kind of stuff. But <laughs> Anyway, this is all to say that I like knowing this kind of stuff. It doesn't matter. I'm aware of that. But like, you know, yeah, it's these, a bonus when shows, I get to know. <laughs> these shows prove to us that the layout of a city doesn't matter yes. when it comes down to it. Unless, no. you know, your city is kind of the point. But, yeah. Um, yeah. Unless like, you were going to be like, hey, it's New York, but it doesn't look anything like New York. Exactly. It looks like Idaho. Right. Yeah, the Simpsons got away with it for years and years. Uh, Yeah, so... I was thinking that this is probably more uh, to do with last episode, but Tahani's infatuation with her height and, like, (laughs) how proud she is that she's so tall. I wonder if Eleanor is partly to blame. She keeps calling her things, like, sexy skyscraper, (laughs) uh, giraffe. Like, I wonder if that kind of stroked her ego a little bit. Mm. And kind of made Tahani realize, you know what? I do have legs for days. <laughs> yep. I am really tall. Yeah. This is fantastic. Just one more thing to add to my list of traits. Well, remember back in season one when she was professing Chidi's love for her to Chidi? And she said, I'm just a girl, you know, towering over a boy. <laughs> She's always That's been in true. love with her That's height. True. You know, yeah, you're I right. mean. Models tend to be, like, fashion models tend to be fairly tall, I think. So I think that's part of it, too, is, like, I'm elegant, I'm fashioning, forward, whatever, because I'm tall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever, fine, reach something on a high shelf. <laughs> <laughs> um, In that moment, Tahani's making a reference to the Wizard of Oz. Um, She says that she feels like Dorothy, you know, and excited and incredulous and all this. Mm-hmm. And we've had a few other references to the wizard of oz actually in this show 
Um, we have the hot air balloon, which yeah. is what the wizard traveled in. Um, and if you accept Tahani as Dorothy, as she says, obviously, like, Chidi's the cowardly lion, uh, Eleanor would be the Tin Man, and Jason would be the Scarecrow. But it really, like, I see the... I see the parallels because in The Wizard of Oz, these characters, like the Cowardly Lion, the Tin Man, the Scarecrow, they already had those things, but at the end of their journey together is when they're basically validated by the wizard. Right. Right? He just tells them, oh, you already had these things, yeah. and here are some meaningless tokens to to show you that you have them. <laughs> And the reason that I thought about The Wizard of Oz, other than Tahani's little comment, is that we get to, they get to the end of their journey, and here they are finally in Oz, right? Mm -hmm. This place that they wanted to be the entire time, the place that they've been traveling towards this entire time. And there's no wizard. There's no one here. There's no, like, god figure, basically. They're kind of, they've been tricked. They literally have been tricked. Like, Michael gets tricked in this episode Mm -hmm. into being in charge all of a sudden. And then he's the wizard and he doesn't even know what to do. Right. <laughs> so I like that. I thought that was really kind of a nice little add-in that they had there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I wonder if any, like, if it was intentional at all, if they thought anything of it other than just, hey, we're on this journey and, you know, I'm I'm in a hot air balloon and therefore I'm like Dorothy. <laughs> Which I love that movie. I haven't seen it in years, but it's. It's so fun. It's so well done. It is a classic. It is. Yes. I imagine that things will change now that The Good Place, well, hopefully now that The Good Place is not broken, <laughs> uh, now that they've figured out like a solution to the issue of the, the happiness zombies, right. hopefully some of these Good Place architects will be coming back and the committee could come back and Michael will not be you know, the man behind the curtain trying right. to operate everything. Because um, you just can't do this by yourself, right? Like, that's <laughs> that's just too much. Especially now that we're going to have all these people pouring in, like Tahani says, like, can't be Cosmic Coachella. So <laughs> he's going to need some help. But yeah, I really like that we get to do that because we have this idea, obviously, the whole time, like, everyone thinks The Good Place is just wonderful. Everyone is just always on cloud nine. It's perfect. And it's just so perfectly operated, right? Mm-hmm. And then you get there and you figure out, like, I had this weird moment with the committee because I always thought of the committee as, like, they're just so irritating. Like, they're so ineffectual. They don't care. So annoying. Oh, my goodness. And especially this season when they were just willing to, like, do whatever and give up everything so that Sean would be happy. And I kind of had a moment of realization, like, oh, they've been doing this because they're employees. Like, they're employees. They know that they're forked. So they're just, like, uh, anything to keep them out of the good place. Anything to keep them, like... In the dark about all this stuff. So they're like the man behind the curtain doing the whole thing. Like, oh yeah, The Good Place is doing great. And like, oh, but anyway, we're just so nice. (laughs) That we can't, uh, we can't really help you. And they're so fed up. Like, they're just so frustrated with the way things are going. They're willing to just do anything to avoid trying to figure out. Because they're just so frustrated. Because they can't figure it out. And that's why they keep quitting. Yeah. <laughs> they just keep losing. Like, oh, I have an opportunity to quit my job. I'm taking it effective immediately. See yeah. ya. Yeah. They felt more like demons from the bad place in this episode. Because, well, as yeah, I said, because... they're employees. They're not angels like I right. imagine them to be. You know, they have these offices with, like, boxes of paper and whiteboards with, you know, all these brainstorming ideas. Uh, and it just seems like they're the last people that stayed and they decided okay what are we gonna do all right michael's coming you know what we're gonna leave it up to him bye (laughs) (laughs) and the building is empty michael is looking around there's nobody there yeah that is terrifying (laughs) yeah which begs the question where did everybody go yeah it's true where else is there to go do they just like conjure up an ihop and go have pancakes (laughs) till it all blows over I guess. I don't know. Yeah. 
it's it's interesting like I, that's one <laughs> question i would like to know like where did they go mm-hmm. is there a giant building of everyone just sitting in the lunchroom just waiting <laughs> oh i hope michael figures it out they this all went like, home and they're like i don't know we're on strike well we'll figure out when we get called back in <laughs> yeah something like that yeah <laughs> I just love seeing them all run out of the building like, see ya. <laughs> Your problem now. No take backs. Yep, basically. <laughs> yeah, that was a really good moment. Um, so if t- if Michael is now the one that's in charge, he's got this medal and everything. Does that make him the god of this show? Because right? they've always kind of been like this show has never said that there is a god. They've never said that there is a uh, a Satan or anything. So there doesn't seem to be like a head honcho of any place. Mm-hmm. So I'm just wondering, like, does that kind of make Michael the God basically? Cause if he's ruling over the good place. Right. But then we have the question of who's ruling over the good place. Yeah. Like outside of Michael. Well, who's it certainly doesn't sure seem running? like anyone is. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so is there, cause I know the whole idea of, now the Christian God is to not meddle, like free will and choice and everything. Yeah. So maybe there's, you know, a committee up above who are just looking over, just watching how things go, taking notes, um, mm. not meddling, hanging out with their the devil aspect of it, being like just chatting about how things are going up above and down below. and Right. But I think the show is specifically stating without stating it. That there is nobody in charge. Right. And that's part of the problem. Okay. Or that it's, there's new bosses all the time. The Just like, very is, much like a corporate yes. world where there is no boss that stays there for the entire time, right? right. There's always turnover. Yes. yes. Okay. Interesting. Maybe the, maybe the Good Place Committee was just like, we already have one of these, like, ending existence in the universe doors and we're just gonna go out of there because <laughs> the we're done <laughs> i don't know interesting mm-hmm. um of course you know you get that awful moment of like michael why wouldn't you read the thing that you're signing oh it's so long though <laughs> just check the box yes i've read it and uh, i understand it and i accept all the responsibilities uh, why won't it read <laughs> But it, it did remind me of his comment about the Good Place um, architects way back in, like, season two, I think, when he found Janet in the Janet warehouse. And he was like, well, yeah, they don't even lock it because they're good, so they're stupid and trusting. And I was like, Michael, I think maybe you got a little stupid and trusting, too. Yeah, you trusted them. <laughs> you just signed your name. It was a bad idea. <laughs> but it is cute to see him sign his name with a little heart. With a little heart, yeah. Yeah. Cute. So the uh, the robe that he's wearing and uh, the medal and everything, it's it's clearly just a sham, right? Uh, yeah, it makes him look silly and kind of official. Very costumey. <laughs> like, it, it felt a lot like in Community when uh, they gave Pierce the robe and the hat oh and my the wand. God. The Cookie Wizard. The Cookie Wizard. Oh my gosh, that was so funny. Uh, yeah, yeah. Just felt like it's clearly a costume that they just threw together. But I it don't could, know now. It could be legit. It could be... It just, it's so different from yeah. what the, the committee wears. Their wow. little backpacker vests. This and... is a ceremony. It's like a graduation robe, right. right? Okay. And then you get a medal. I appreciate the consistency in which they use rainbows in The Good Place. Mm-hmm. With Janet's eyes glazing over the rainbow, the thing she puts her hand on, and then Michael's medal has the rainbows as well. That's sweet. Um, but yeah, the robe itself was very like... Okay, dean of a university. Like, <laughs> yes, you may now let people graduate, but like, in a way, he's kind of the dean of the good place, and he is helping people graduate from the afterlife. So it works. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> if you want to spin it that way. Hmm. Yeah, his robes did not remind me of Huffle Hufflepuff though. When Eleanor made that joke, I was like, girl. Those are not Hufflepuff colors, okay? Hufflepuff. She probably is yellow meant because he looked like a black. dork. Whatever. 
Everyone at Hogwarts is a dork. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> well, yeah, in the first movie where they actually wear the hats. <laughs> Oof. This is so bad. Chris Columbus, that's one thing you should do when you redo that movie. <laughs> yeah. Actually, that's that's the first thing I thought of, too, when Janet mentioned the green doors. Like, you can walk through and go into any world, real or imagined. I was like, oh, Hogwarts, immediately. <laughs> that's where I'm going. Like, come on. Sunnydale? Yes, please. Like, I'm going to, like, all of my favorite, like, movie and TV show and books, like, yeah, worlds. Absolutely. That's what I'm doing. And then what? Yeah, I know. I'd get bored. Then you think I know, about it, like... I get bored. I get it. It's so hard to imagine that being able to do anything and everything you ever want could get old. Yeah. And boring and stale. Yeah. But, like, Hypatia says that. But she's been there for a long time at this point, right? Well, she, she was died murdered in... in 450 something AD. Yeah. So she's been there for a long time. Yeah. Like many, many years, a long enough time for her to have done all the stuff that she might want to do. Especially with, I guess, what imagination and what possibility she has. She's probably not thinking about going to Hogwarts, right? Right. Because she probably doesn't know what Hogwarts is. Like, yeah. she's she's got the Industrial Revolution and Manhattan Project and the Gangnam Style down, but that's a bad thing. It's all she's got. Um, so, I get it. Like, I see it. Yeah. I think it would take a good while for me to get bored. She's been there for almost 3,000 years. So, yeah. I think it would take me a few, like, maybe a thousand years to get bored. Yeah. I don't know. Because I'm definitely one of those people where, like, when I had summer break from school, I didn't get bored too quickly. Oh, I did. So, some people did. Some people are like, man, if I have a week off, I'm like, I just want to go back to work. I want to, like, go back to my schedule. And I'm like, nah, I'm good. Yeah, see, there. that's an interesting <laughs> point. Because for a weekend off, you're trying to cram so much in just those two days. Right. And then for summer break for me, that was like almost three months. It's like two and a half months. And by the end of it, by the like middle of the second or by the middle of the first month, getting close to the second month, I'm just like doing the same things over again. And mm. it's starting to get a little monotonous. Like, okay, let's go bike riding. Okay, where are we going to go? Well, we already went to all the places. So... But there are so many more possibilities in the good place, right? right. It's not just, exactly. oh, where can I go within the limits of the city or wherever my mom's going to let me go? <laughs> <laughs> it's, okay, you can... Oh, uh... that's the trick. You don't tell your mom where you're going. <laughs> but you can, like, visit any time and place. You can, you know, spend a week hanging out with dinosaurs. And then you can spend the next week, you know, living in the universe of Star Wars and... Mm -hmm. Then you can go and have as many orgies as you want, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Is that okay? Is that oh, chill in the good place? And then the next week you could like go on some sort of like Buddhist retreat or whatever where you're just like super celibate. I don't know. You can do so many things. So I think it would take a while mm -hmm. to get bored. For sure. But yes, infinity, not so great. Turns out. They're essentially telling us that too much of a good thing is a not so good thing. Mm -hmm. And of course, it reminded me of community, where which <laughs> represents these objects like, or these ideas so perfectly in such like a literal fashion that I, I love. Another reason I love the show. Um, in the end of season one, Pascal's Triangle Revisited, Troy has this giant cookie that he's eating. And he's trying to get his friend Abed to agree to move in together so they become roommates. And as he's as the episode progresses, he's eating this giant cookie and eventually he gets down to the bottom of it and realizes that he's sick because he ate this whole cookie. So too much of the cookie was a bad thing for him because mm -hmm. it gave him a stomach ache. So his friend Abed was saying that we can't move in together because too much of each other We'll get on each other's nerves. We'll be frustrated. It'll be bad. Mm -hmm. So it was just such a great visual representation of that idea <laughs> that 
I mean, it's just like the good place, right? Too much of um, this infinity door or too much of this great thing just becomes stale and Mm -hmm. you become a zombie and nothing is fun anymore because you've done everything. Yeah. You need those lows so that you can feel the high, right? And if everything is just always wonderful, nothing is wonderful anymore. Yeah. Which is kind of a crummy thing. I mean, it's sad to think that you need to have maybe sadness in your life so that you can feel happiness. But humans are not meant to be happy all the time. Like, it's just (laughs) not really what we were designed for, I guess, Mm. if you want to think of it in terms of that. But it's also one of those things that I've been thinking about because the Bell Let's Talk thing just happened yesterday. Um, which is like a day focused on like mental health initiatives and just society's constant obsession with like being happy. Like I want to be happy. I want to find happiness. And Mm -hmm. like happiness is transient. Like it moves through you. Like you feel happy. You feel sad. Like feelings just come in and then they go Mm -hmm. and sometimes they last and sometimes they don't. And We're not meant to feel one emotion at all times, right? Mm -hmm. So this, like, super high, like, perfection, this elation that you would get in the good place, that's not maintainable, really. Right. (laughs) Eventually, that's just kind of going to come right down. Right. So, yeah. I don't know. I like that. I really actually like this whole thing about the good places. It's not that the good place is somehow corrupt or it's not actually a good place or there was no good place all along (laughs) and it just turned out that there was a door and there was nothing behind it. It was a void. Like it's that it's too good. It's too good to last. Mm -hmm. Right. Too good to be true, I guess. Yeah. it, It really makes you like, as it was happening, as we were being shown this in the episode, you kind of had this eventual realization like this completely makes sense Mm. like i didn't even consider this but it absolutely makes sense that this is not sustainable no wonder everyone's kind of walking around like meh whatever because they've done it all they've seen it (laughs) all they're just it's literally like the been there done that of the universe yeah absolutely (laughs) not great (laughs) So, you know, Eleanor and their whole gang, like, they're just so fascinated with everything. They're so excited. And that's the feeling they want for eternity. But it's not going to happen. And that's very true about us. Like, as watchers and as viewers, we love these. We want these characters to be happy and excited and, you know, complete Uh the whole rest of their lives. (laughs) But that's just a cake dream, like... A cake dream? Sure. Like the cake is a lie? Sure. From Portal? <laughs> is that not a phrase? I feel no. like that's a phrase. It is? Maybe it, Maybe I meant to say oh. pipe dream. <laughs> but I like cake dream now, so I'm okay. going to coin that one. Cake dream, that's fun. Yeah. It's huh. like you're dreaming of cake and you wake up and it's not there. Oh, that's a very sad dream. Right? <laughs> Yeah, okay. Did I just moo point it? <laughs> I, yeah, it's, I I love it. I feel like, like it was a little bit rushed in this episode that they came up with this like quick solution of, okay, we need to let people leave eventually. Mm-hmm. We need to at least give them the option to leave, yeah. right? Because if they're just stuck here forever and they have no choice, oh, that would be frustrating. Um. But it's, it's very satisfying. And then as I was re-watching the episode and I was listening really intently to what everyone said when they were on stage, I was like, I love this because they just gave everybody in the good place their agency back. They allow them to now make a choice. Mm-hmm. And I noticed a few people online were saying they didn't like this because it felt too much like suicide. Okay. Because like, obviously... Every single person on earth gets to make that decision every day, whether or not they're going to continue with their life. Like you can kill yourself. 
Right. Which is, you know, I'm not saying that you should. Obviously, you should not. But we all have that choice. You have that choice to end your existence, right? Um, So some people were like, I really don't like this. I feel like the show is basically saying, like, suicide's okay. And I was like, I don't think they're saying that. I think they're just saying... Like once you are happy and you are complete and you have lived your life on earth and you have had everything that you could possibly want Mm -hmm. in the universe, you can decide that you're happy and complete and fulfilled and you're done. And that's not a bad thing. It's not, you know, a, a, a product of like mental illness or anything. It's just, I'm done. I'm happy with everything I've accomplished and everything I've seen and... I want it to stay special. So I'm I'm done now. Yeah. It kind of made me think a little bit more of like euthanasia or like assisted suicide. Right. Even though that's definitely still like a bit of a darker thing, right? Um it's not as as happy, but it didn't it definitely didn't feel like a negative end to no, me. No, absolutely not. It's such a it was such a powerfully strong end to me like Yeah. Like you said, they're giving everyone back their agency, their choice. Yeah. Because they're essentially trapped here in the good place. Mm-hmm. And after they've done and seen everything, and you just want it to end. Well, we can't even fathom if infinity, right? right? We can't. So <laughs> I think just being faced with infinity, whatever it is, even if it is good and bad and mostly good like it would still be just too long mm-hmm. it's just too much you know yeah it's okay to be done yeah. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's okay. okay to be to you know feel complete and fulfilled that's fine <laughs> yeah. i like that tahani really emphasizes like you don't have to go through the door but hopefully knowing that the door is there, that you have that option, is going to make you happier while you're here. Mm-hmm. And then we even get Hypatia, Patty, uh, which is a nickname I don't like. But anyway, I just think her name's really pretty, Hypatia. And I'm like, man, just keep that name. <laughs> um, but even she says like, hey, now I'm really happy. And like, I think I'm going to stick around for a little bit longer. But before, she had basically no will to continue her afterlife. And now she does. Yeah. So it just changes her perspective and everybody else's perspective immediately, which was beautiful. Yeah, she's probably going to try practicing a bit more of those words. Yeah. And those maths. <laughs> she's going to get back into math. Yeah. Yeah. Her and Chidi can like totally nerd out. It's going to be great. Yeah. I want. I don't think that Lisa Kudrow is going to be in the next episode, though. I just don't think they'll get her for that long. Okay. I think it's like a, a special like appearance, kind of like Timothy Oliphant. Okay. So I don't think she's going to be in the next episode. That's my prediction right now. Oh my God. I'm going to like totally call it. <laughs> um, I feel personally attacked. Wow. <laughs> um, <laughs> so. Let's quickly chat about Hypatia. Yeah. Heck yeah. I was a little disappointed that it wasn't like she wasn't played by an Egyptian actress. Okay. I would have liked that, I think. Right. Because Lisa Kudrow is pretty Caucasian. Uh, yeah, she, she's blonde and blue-eyed. <laughs> yeah, and I'm pretty sure that Hypatia was born in Egypt, in Alexandria. Yes. <laughs> Hence her name. Yes. So, that's one, one thing I wasn't a huge fan of. I, like, it was it was really fun as a fan of like the I like the show Friends you know I realize there's a lot of problematic stuff in there but I enjoy it and I like that we've made so many references to the show and then suddenly Phoebe's actually in (laughs) the good place that was very good and that's fun but it's like a meta joke it's not actually part of the universe because they don't acknowledge that that's obviously Phoebe like so it kind of breaks the world a little bit for Mm -hmm. me because um, they've all seen friends on this show. I mean, Michael is obsessed. Yeah. He is clearly a huge fan. <laughs> so... Yeah. There could have been like a comment like, <laughs> oh, you really remind me of someone that on earth, not quite sure who, can't put my finger on it. Maybe one of my friends, but <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. They... Something maybe a bit too on the nose. Yeah, it might have been. But it's, yeah. it's just a, such a meta joke that 
I was ta- I was definitely taken out for a moment. I was like, okay, that's Lisa Kudrow. <laughs> like, this is a little weird. Uh, how come no one's pointing out that she's Phoebe? <laughs> <laughs> but I think she did a good job. Like, I enjoyed her her acting, and she was funny, as mm-hmm. she always is. Um, and I'm sure it was a lot of fun to get her on the show and to get to act with her and everything, right? Mm-hmm. So... Overall, I'm not too pressed about it, but I can understand why some people are like, oh, okay, I think that one was actually, like, missing the mark for me. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm glad that Patty ended up not being Patricia. Um, yeah. Because that's what... I don't remember if it was you or me or the both of us predicted that it was going to be mm-hmm. um, Eleanor's mom's stepdaughter, yeah. Patricia. Which probably would have meant that she died young, which would have been sad. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm glad it was Hypatia. Plus, <laughs> I got to learn a little bit more about Hypatia of Alexandria. I did not know about her. Yeah. Um, did a tiny bit of research. Apparently, she was a pagan, but very tolerant of Christians. <laughs> Until um, they murdered her. Well, <laughs> she was tolerant. Them. And then they murdered her. Anyway, I she don't think she was. She tolerated them a bit more. Then they wouldn't have murdered her. I don't think that's how that works. <laughs> <laughs> As a teacher, uh, apparently she created this wonderful space that was like really inclusive and open to all to learn, um, which was really remarkable because the uh, the city that she was in had a lot of like religious and political turmoil. So she was just this kind of beacon of light in a way. Uh, And then she was accused of witchcraft uh, to turn the governor against Christianity. And she was brutally murdered and dismembered because, I don't know, men have to ruin everything, I guess. (laughs) Well, we kind of do. Yeah. (laughs) So it's it's sweet. Like, she was inquisitive. She was open. She was fair. And I, I like that we... I like that we... I say as though I'm on the show and I'm making any decisions... Uh, I'm like the sports like fan or whatever. And I'm like, oh, we got to play harder. I'm not on the team. Um, but I like that the show chose someone like her. And they deliberately tell us like in the episode, no, Aristotle's not here. Socrates is not here. Plato's not here. Like, you know, these guys, they had some great ideas, but they also like defended slavery. And apparently were very loud chewers. <laughs> <laughs> and rather obnoxious <laughs> but yeah we picked someone like her who was just like a kind generous spirit someone who really deserves to be here mm-hmm. yeah an unproblematic fave as some people would say online unproblematic fave yeah okay yeah that's the cool hip youth lingo people are using nowadays <sighs> doesn't really roll off the tongue <laughs> unprob fave Unprob fave? Okay. Umpy fave? Umpy fave. Umpy fave. Ooh, you a dumpy fave. <laughs> no, very opposite <laughs> thing. Uh, but yeah. So, she's she's pretty cool. She's pretty cool. Yeah. A quick shout out to Alexandria. The place where the library was. Oh. That's the same place. Mm-hmm. With the library full of... You know, hundreds of thousands of texts that were destroyed. Hmm. Not in one big fire, which I learned, but over a period of decades of lack of funding, several fires, one accidentally set by Julius Caesar during his um, civil war. Um, Yeah, so like over a period of time, the library was demolished, burned, degraded which is really kind of upsetting yeah all i mean i'm sure there's there's still millions of people who are salty about it (laughs) and of all the the lost knowledge of you know where would we be if the library had survived all that knowledge would we have been you know better people would our technology be more advanced so many things Mm mm-hmm now Chidi can go through those green doors and actually visit that library. Oh my god. He's gonna freak out. 
I, I really, really liked Tahani's name drop this episode. Oh my god, the Big Ben thing? The Big Ben That was thing. so funny. I don't think I've laughed at one of her name drops. It felt like, like she had episodes. run out of names. <laughs> She's just like picking names of objects now. I liked it because it was like, oh wait, what? That just doesn't make any sense. She's not talking about, oh she is. Oh my god. How does that... <laughs> what? Just her face when she says it too, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> yep, this is totally accurate and true. I would not lie. I am in the good place. This is the first time I was like, she is lying. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so obviously we're going to we'll wrap up soon, but I really did appreciate the gags in the Welcome Center as well. We mm-hmm. got the ring pops that grant you the full understanding of the meaning of Twin Peaks. Uh, right. The Smarties, or as we know them in Canada, Rockets. Rockets. Smarties are chocolate, guys. Yeah. I don't understand. They're like guys. harder M&Ms. Yeah, they're worse M&Ms. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Smarties, they give you the energy you had when you were 12. Oh, um, which so good. I'd rather have the energy I had when I was like five. I feel like by 12, I was already like, eh. Five-year-olds <laughs> have to nap. Like, because they, they over Naps themselves. are great. Are you kidding? I get to have naps? That's amazing. They okay. overexert themselves <laughs> way too often. They bust all their energy out and then they just, they collapse. I don't know. I go for 12. Uh, I could run marathons. Nope. <laughs> uh, headphones that tell you all the nice things people said behind your back, which is so sweet. I would love that. Um, and lotion that smells like a hug from grandma. Oh, Which was sweet. Yeah. Is there any other stuff that you would want to see? In the good place welcome center, if you were to be there. The first thing I thought of was a hard candy that would help me remember all the plot points of my favorite TV shows and movies and books. So that if I was discussing them with people, I'd be like, oh, I know when that happened. And I know exactly what they said. Because I have a very good knowledge of what happens in Buffy. And I feel very happy whenever I can, like, remember, like, specific (laughs) episodes (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> where things happen That's... and like i have a very good knowledge of the good place now that we've done this show and so there's a lot of moments where i'm like well somebody's talking about the good place and they got that wrong what about i think i might point that out now a, which uh, might earn me a some... spot in the bad place <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what about a um a ring you put on that gives you photographic memory while you're wearing it oh so you could put it on and remember any point in your life that you wanted to Hmm. and if you just wanted to not have that you just slip it off and go about your your day because i'm sure there's sometimes that that would be annoying yeah yeah i think i'd want something like your ring idea is cool but a shape-shifting ring so i could like shape-shift i can be any yes cool thing that would be pretty great. I'm going to be a unicorn. I'm going to be a unicorn. I'm going to be a kitty cat. <gasps> I could play with Emmy. I could finally snuggle my cat because she doesn't like to snuggle me as a human. <laughs> oh, I could be a tiny kitty. That would be nice. Ooh, the ring could also let you understand animals <gasps> and talk to them. Oh, mm, Okay. Put me in a room with a bunch of dogs, then. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Yes. Um, okay. Yeah, we've got our finale tonight, and I don't think I'm ready for it. I'm not either. And the episode is titled Whenever You're Ready, and I'm like, mm, guys, I'm not. <laughs> so we're not going to drop any predictions because no, I think we'll be too sad when we do. I don't, I don't have a prediction per se. I have a suspicion. Is that a thing? Can I have that about this? You can suspect, suspish, a predict. (laughs) Sure. Okay. So the title, whenever you're ready. We're not doing predictions. No, but the title, whenever you're ready, plus the fact that we know that there's a door that ends your existence in the afterlife reminds me... Of this series finale of Six Feet Under. No. No. And if you've watched it, which I know you have, Jason, then you know what I'm talking about. And you've probably sobbed during those final moments. And so 
yeah, that's what it's making me think of. And I feel like I'm going to cry. So yeah. And also a few things that I would like to see in the series finale. Tahani with a soulmate, maybe. Although I do like her whole like journey of, you know, not defining herself with by anyone else and all that stuff. But I still think like, Tahani's eventually going to want someone to spend her afterlife with, so it'd be nice for her to find somebody. I'd like to see, if possible, maybe a wedding. A wedding could be fun. Like a quick little montage of a wedding. Uh, I want to see the judge again. I want to see Mindy. Mm-hmm. I want to find out what happens to her. I want to see Mindy. I want to wrap up that Mindy storyline. And yeah, that's pretty much it. Maybe find out who invented Janet. Because I still like that whole thing the whole makers of the light and darkness and everything else right yeah so but i also have like no real expectations i'm just like going into this probably just gonna be sad and love it anyway (laughs) but if they want to add those things be like a cherry on top of my very nice milkshake (laughs) um okay so as Jason said, the finale is tonight, Thursday, January 30th, 2020. Um, to clarify, I've mentioned before that the series finale is going to be 90 minutes long. But from what I understand, it's going to be like a one hour episode with 30 minutes um, after as like a post show with Seth Meyers and the cast. So interviews and right. going over stuff, which I'm not as interested in. You could make this episode two hours long and I'd be happy. But, you know, I'm sure it'll be fun. So. (laughs) This has been Fork and Bullshirt, a Multiverse Radio production. If you like the show, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and spread the word. Tell your family and friends, retweet our posts, give a letter to your Janet. If you want to join the conversation, we're on Twitter at Multiverse Radio and Facebook at Multiverse Radio Podcast. You can use the hashtag FBullshirt. And you can email us directly from our website, info at multiverseradio.ca. Send us all those sweet, sweet crying gifts. Gifts? Yeah, I'm saying that right now. Okay. Because <laughs> we'll be feeling that too. I'm Vivian. I'm Jason. Bye. Bye. <laughs>